friends, and welcome to worship for this October 4th of 2020 here at Carmen United Church. My name is Reverend Nick Phillips. I'm so glad you're able to join us for worship this day. Let's now take a moment to transition into our time of worship. Let's just take a moment to quiet our minds and prepare our hearts to worship our Almighty God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we gather for worship this day ever aware that your spirit is among us. As we gather in our homes or or wherever we are, we, we know that you are with us. So we come today in a spirit of thanksgiving and praise as we worship you now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 18, verses 1 through 10. Jeremiah writes, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do this with you, Israel, as the potter does? Declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we gather around your word for us this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Pottery is fascinating. I spent some time watching videos online this week just to learn more about what pottery is like. You take this blob of clay, you plop it on a spinning wheel, and minutes later, you have this cup or vase or, or bowl. Once it's all shaped, you just how you like it, you, you stick it in an oven to be fired and to harden it, and, and then I guess you're able to use it. It's almost hard to believe someone came up with such a process for making something we, we use in our homes pretty much every single day. And it's not even a new practice, right? Pottery has been around for thousands of years. As we learn today, it's even in the Bible. Now, in biblical times, they didn't have these motorized or powered wheels like we do today. In those times, they would have had two wheels attached by an axle, a larger bottom wheel on top of a smaller top wheel. And then the potter would have had to spin the bottom wheel with his feet while the top wheel spun and he was able to form it into 
the whatever he was making, or a bottle, a, a jar, or a vase, a bowl. How they managed to come up with such an engineering marvel as in that day is, is beyond me. Other than how maybe the wheels were powered, whether it's foot power or motors, little seems to have changed overall in the creation of pottery today between biblical times and now. Except our pottery today isn't necessarily used for daily living. Often we get beautiful vases or fancy bowls. Or they're mostly kind of decorative. But in biblical times, the potter in the community was probably one of the most important craftsmen that the community had because he would make everything that people use in daily life. When you think about it, they needed large jugs to carry water. They needed uh, plates or bowls to cook in and eat from. The potter was a very important person in the community. Now, as I was watching these videos, it was fascinating I mean, they can take this lump of clay and turn it into a striking piece of art in a matter of minutes. These people are clearly very skilled at what they do. Now today, in the Jeremiah 18 passage, we are looking at probably the most famous passage of potters in the Bible. Now pottery and potters are mentioned in a few other spots in the Psalms or in Isaiah, but nowhere seems to be quite the focus as in Jeremiah 18. Now, who is Jeremiah? Jeremiah is a prophet for Israel in a very difficult time in their history. As you read the book of Jeremiah, the suffering, the pain, the lament of the people practically drips off the page as people live in oppression and, and, and in exile. Yet, as you do read through it, there are these short passages here and there that seem to be the sprinkling of hope throughout the Bible, throughout the book. And I think Jeremiah 18 certainly can be considered one of those passages of hope. In this passage, the prophet is told to go down and visit the potter in town. And he's going to go and he's going to receive a message. But this is not a message from the potter. This is a message from God. God is about to give Jeremiah what we would consider to be an object lesson. That is, he's going to show Jeremiah visually, tactfully, how he has plans for the people of Israel. All Jeremiah has to do is go down and watch the potter at work. So Jeremiah heads down and he goes in and as he's watching the potter do his work, the pot that the potter is working on begins to fall apart in his hands. Now if you watch videos online, you can see how this can happen. The potters need to be careful and aware of what they are making. If you you need to pay attention to things like the thickness of the clay as you're pulling it up into the shape. You need to, um, one wrong move, the hand or the wrist, and all of this could cause whatever you're making to fall apart in your hands and collapse. However, when this happens, there's two things you can do. You can either cut it off and scrap it and start with a fresh new ball of clay, 
or you can try to reshape what was once working and try to bring it down and build it back up again. From watching the videos, it seems to me that the more difficult task is to start is to rebuild what has fallen apart in your hands, which tells me that this potter that Jeremiah is watching is, is a pretty good potter, that he's able to take that broken pot and reshape it into something new. So as Jeremiah is watching this, God speaks to him, and God kind of says, see, see what's happening See how he's reshaping that clay? This is what I can do with you. This is what I can do with the whole nation of Israel. The question I have is, does God ever stop working? No. God is continually at work in the world that is around us. Some people think that after Jesus died, after he rose and after he went to heaven, then God stopped working. They think that after the Bible was written, God stopped working. Now, none of this is true. God is still very active in the world today. God is still speaking to us. God is still healing. He's still doing miracles. He's still teaching us. One of the attributes we like to to put on to God is that he is our judge and he is our ruler. And yes, that is true. God is our judge, God is our ruler. But as we read Jeremiah 18, there's another attribute of God we're being asked to consider. And that is, we're being asked to consider God as an artist. Another place where we see God as an artist is when we go back to Genesis chapter 1. We read the poetic account of how God created the universe, the earth, and everything that is in it. And right now, it's October, and we're looking at some of the most beautiful countrysides we could ever have. It's the time of year when we love to drive around the Cabot Trail to to watch the striking colors on the mountains against the backdrop of, of the blue ocean. God created this colorful season, and it's even more evidence of his masterful, artistic, creative hand. So why not see God? as an artist. Now, when you go going back to pottery, pottery that has not been put in the oven, that's not been what they call fired, is still malleable. It can still be shaped. It can still be formed. And then once it's fired and put, you know, in the oven, then it's hard. Then it's final. God, in talking with Jeremiah, says, we're not final. You're not final. God is telling us that he is still at work in our lives. He's still molding us. He's still shaping us, forming us into the work of art that he has in mind for us. Now, part of the problem God faces is when things don't go as maybe he has planned. Part of the problem is when we take it upon ourselves to make decisions that are contrary to what God has in store for us. Part of the problem is when we let our temptations, when we let our sins take priority priority over what God wants for us. That's when those moments happen. That's when the clay on that pottery wheel begins to misshape and wobble. 
The good news is, though, we are in the hands of an artist. We're in the hands of the most capable potter in the entire universe. There is nothing that he cannot fix. In the lesson that he's teaching to Jeremiah, God points out that when the potter lost that pot that he was working on, the one he was trying to make, he was able to reform it into another pot, a different style of pot. He was able to reduce the clay that he was working on and restart the process to build up and create a new pot, another pot. It's still a pot. It may still be very much used in the same manner, but it looks different. The original design that the potter had in mind has been removed and replaced by a new design, a new pot, a different pot. There is nothing so big that we, can, that, that we have done that God cannot reshape into something new. God can remove it. He can take away our sin. He can reshape us, reform us into a new instrument for his work. We can be reshaped always when we are open to the love and the work of God in our lives. And as long as our heart has not been hardened, we can receive his loving care. Now, sometimes this reshaping that God does means we need to be torn down a bit in order to build us back up. Sometimes it maybe means that parts of us are removed in order for new growth to occur. Whatever God needs to do, he will do in order for us to become more like the creation he will make of us. And again, this is dependent on our willingness, our openness to undertake what he has in store for us. This process, it never ends. God never leaves that potter's wheel because he's always continually reshaping us in his hands. Sometimes he's pulling us up, working towards the next goal in the building of our lives. In other days, maybe he's backing us back down to remove those ugly bits in preparation for the next layer of growth that move upward towards his vision for our life. Now, I, I know it's, it's scary it's to give someone else control over our lives. We have questions like, what if I have to give up something? What if I have to give up some of my personal freedom what if I don't like what the other person has in mind for me? What if they try to make me eat Brussels sprouts? But what if we look at God as this master artist that he is, as the creator of this incredible universe and all the beauty that is in it, and realize for ourselves that he knows better. He knows us better than we know ourselves. God just doesn't see who we are today. The imperfect, the imperfect clay that we are, he sees what we can be. God knows our full potential. He knows what it will take for us to become this perfect vessel to hold his love and to be used to share the love with others. 
God wants us to be the perfect creation he has in mind for us. And so he never gives up on us. He's always reshaping and transforming us when we are open to it. Now, don't we all want to live to the full potential that God has for us? Don't we want God to do his amazing work in us to become his beautiful creation? I think that deep down inside, yes, we do. We know we want to be better. We might even long to be better. So, I guess let's trust in God. Let's trust in the artist, the master potter, and let him reshape our lives into these beautiful creations. Let's turn to him and say, take away the imperfections, remove my sin, and have your way with me. There is no one greater to place our trust in than our Father who is in heaven. He will continually, lovingly, carefully reshape us, reshape our lives so that we will be perfect vessels of his love. That love that is so amazing, so beautiful, that others will look at us and say to themselves, wow, look at them. Something in them has changed and it's beautiful. I wish I had some of that in my life. By witnessing this, by even thinking this, people are opening the door that creates an opportunity for God to take their lives and to place them on his wheel so that he can reshape them as well. So they too can learn about the amazing things God has in store for them. Now I've noticed, now I know I've focused a lot on how can God can take our lives and make them far better, better than we could ever imagine. And it's true. But also in our passage, God also mentions the nation of Israel. So God is telling us, I can build, rebuild nations when we put our trust in him. God can rebuild cities and towns when we put our trust in him. God can rebuild churches when we put our trust in him. And it's the same process as with our lives. We submit ourselves, our nations, our cities, our towns. We submit our churches. We put them all into the hands of the master potter and we let him do his work to reshape it all into these beautiful works of art that he knows best. To turn them into perfect instruments for his work in this world. I don't believe that God sent us the pandemic. But I believe he is using it to reshape the way the world works. He's taking an opportunity here. I believe that God can use this pandemic to transform our society to function more in the way that he had originally designed it. That is to be a society that loves and serves one another. But as we see in the news... There are many people resisting such a change. They want it to be all like it was before COVID. They want it to be a capitalist paradise where profit and personal security are the top priorities. But what if through this pandemic, 
God is showing us something different, showing us a different way, a way where we take care of one another, a way we're slowing down and enjoying, enjoying the quieter speed of life, a, a way where we're supporting our neighborhood businesses and our farms, a way where we think of others before ourselves. Do you think this could be a better way? Now, yes, sure, like our lives, it means maybe we need to give something up. Maybe we need to think of the way we, we need to change the way we think. We need to change how we act and, and how we live. But wouldn't it be worth it to know God is in control? That God is working to make something perfect? We, we are the clay. We are in God's hands every single day. And so will we let the master do his work? God knows our hearts. He knows who we are today. But he also knows who we can be as his precious child, his piece of art. So let's place our hearts, our, our whole selves even, let's place, our, place it into the hands of the master potter, potter the artist, the one who can remove our flaws, remove our sins, and reshape us. Reshape us into his perfect creation. Amen. Would you join me for a time of prayer? Let us pray. Father God, we come today so very thankful that you have not turned your back on us. We are so thankful you are willing to work on us every single day, removing our flaws, removing our sins, and reshaping us into a piece of art. But not just a piece of art, but also this clay vessel that can be used as you have designed us, as you have made us to be used, whatever that may look like. Lord, what a blessing it is to be safe and secure in your masterful hands as we seek to follow in your way. Lord, may you continue to remind us of your great love for us, and may we all be open to all that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we pray today, as always, we pray for so many people. We pray for those we love and care for. May you bring them healing, comfort, companionship, whatever they need, O oh God. May you provide for them in their lives. We, we pray for the sick. We pray for the lonely and the lost. We pray for the mourners. We, we pray for the hungry. We pray for the mentally ill. The survivors, God, we pray for them. And we pray for all of these and, and so many more. Lord, may you bless those uh, we pray for this day with an abundance of your care by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we also pray for those who are leaders in our towns, our province, our, our country, and in this world. We pray for those who are affected by COVID-19, and, and we pray for their healing. We pray for the President and the First Lady, God, as they are in quarantine, having been infected by this virus. And we pray for all others as well. Lord, may your healing come 
to this world. Lord, we, we pray for the elections happening in Nova Scotia this month. And in particular here, we pray for those running for office in Cape Breton. As there are many names that have come forward to serve, Lord, you know their hearts. So may we be directed by you as to who you would have a, represent us in our council. We thank you, Lord, for those who have put their names forward, who have taken that brave step, that bold step to, to seek to serve your people. Lord, may you bless them all. Lord, we also pray for those who experience racism in our world. We pray for black people. We pray for First Nations people. We pray for all people of color. Lord, may we all see that we are part of the same family, the same race. May we see that we are all citizens of this world equal in your precious sight. Lord, may we be so bold as to stand against racism when we see it and bring healing to this world in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of all. Lord, for these and so many other concerns of our hearts, we lift up these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.